You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. With NFL playoffs right around the corner, NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. So head there today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to Absent Minded, the World Junior Edition. And it is the day after the final. It's me, Patrick Bexel, for the losing Swedes and uh, for the knockdown Canadians, it's Jared Book. How are you doing, Jared? I'm doing well. Uh, much much better than than the Canadian team is. So yeah, it it, it was a great tournament, though. I know we'll get into it, but it, it was it was a good tournament. It was a great tournament. Great to have hosted it here in Gothenburg. Uh, I lived just down the road. I grew up across uh, from Laborg, which was the arena with the not so big crowds. But uh... have you uh, had your fill of Canadians over the last week? In... <laughs> <laughs> I I mean like I I live a few kilometers outside Gothenburg so I don't go in okay, that so, often, so, but, but I was yeah. in watching the the uh, Slovak USA game uh, but it was it was it was good it was good to, to talk with some of the US it was good to talk with uh, I actually spoke with Trevor Timmons but also with other scouts and uh, Elias Anderson's dad he's scouting for for LA Kings so I spoke about him and then they just come back over from from Montreal and so they were happy as well and. And it's always good to to meet people that you see around every now and then. And I usually go down to regular for obvious reasons nowadays, but uh, I, I might have to go into a frontline game once or twice uh, this <laughs> this spring as well. And and speaking about you know the crowds are great, the arenas are great, the final was great uh, until the last what was it two minutes uh, when <laughs> Anton Johansson did something really really stupid, and I I'm. I always call out North Americans when they do this. It left me with a sour note that a Swede would do this. His first shift of the final, he played six seconds and went after the smallest guy on the ice as well, which was absolutely atrocious. And I feel bad as a Swede. You want Lane Hudson to to be given that chance to to celebrate with their players on the ice directly after. Of course, he did anyway. But but those seconds were were. You don't have to scramble from you know inside a locker room or or just off the boards and not in the in the in the box. So so you know I think that was really really bad. I called out um, Celebrini who did. I mean like I can understand him much much more because the way Canada lost in the quarterfinals on a goal thirteen seconds from the end. He he punched a Czech guy when the whistle went. When I can understand that. I don't understand you, Wilson. So yeah, so, yeah. It, it was it was it was a weird it was a weird one, and he's getting yeah. shit for it here in Sweden as well. You should all know that. <laughs> so so, and the fact that he didn't even want to give an interview after was equally bad because if you do something stupid, you stand up for it. And he he did something really really stupid. I'm disappointed with with that bit of the game, but I'm equally proud of what Sweden did. But as as being spoken about here, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's tough for Sweden. I mean, their two losses came to Finland and in the gold medal game. Like, like the, if you're going to lose two games, those are probably the two worst ones to lose as a Swede. Um, 
uh, losing to Finland and, and to the and to the US in the I'm game. just happy that my preview turned out all right that Sweden <laughs> would lose to USA in the final I could have lived out with the Finland game but the way they lost to Czechia in the bronze medal game made it a little bit more you know appreciated <laughs> there were four guys in the tournament for the Montreal Canadiens Jared the one that you left out in your preview who you were looking forward to see was really maybe the guy that stood out at least point-wise in the tournament for his team. Yeah, Philip Machar was great. Uh, you know, he 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 wasn't the guy. I mean, it was a really a team effort for Slovakia. I mean, they had a couple of lines that were going pretty well uh, in, in the tournament. But yeah, Machar, he did what he had to do. Everything he's doing is is getting basically almost two points a game. Whether it's in the OHL, whether it's in the World Juniors, he's he's well over a point a game. Uh, and that's what you want to see from him. He was creating plays. Uh, even though he wasn't putting up the points like crazy, he was creating chances. Uh, j- just a, a very good showing for him. Obviously a disappointment for Slovakia to lose uh, in the quarterfinal in overtime, uh, especially after Machar tied it up uh, late in the game. But you, you could just tell he was the guy who was... That shot that he got <laughs> off. If you want a perfect shot, that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, again, like, like the quarterfinal against Canada last year, in last year's tournament, yeah. I thought he was the best player on the ice. Quarterfinal against Finland, he's the one that steps up in, in the in the last minute. Uh, just and last a, a minute of the first period as well. Yeah, that's yeah, where great, he... a great play off the faceoff as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, j- just just a great, he's, he's a guy who steps up in, in those big moments, and that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see from... Uh, your prospects in a tournament like this. And, and I know after Canada went out that there was a lot of talk about like teams missing players or Canada missing players. But look at Slovakia. They <laughs> were missing two very important players, Slavkovsky and Nemec. If you look at the quarterfinals, Switzerland could have had Liam Bischel, <laughs> who plays for regular. And, you know, he's a big, mean defender, someone that definitely could have shown up that defense and and probably caused even more trouble for Sweden, maybe even knocked Sweden out because Sweden was not playing very well. They felt the pressure from those 12,000 in the stands at that point. Sweden, Leo Carlson, obviously Canada with their US sort of had their full roster. But yeah, they could probably have gotten one or two players in there as well. I think it's the first time I hear Canada complaining about it. But this is normal for most other nations. It seems like Canada always used to have those those players because most of most of the players that start in the NHL early are North Americans, right? It's just the the reality of of the situation where teams tend to leave their European players a little bit more. But it, it really does seem like now it's a pro it's a t- tournament that lots of teams are keeping their prospects in their systems. Uh, you know, even Finland and and um, and Kemmel. Uh, wasn't released for the tournament as well. So like every every country uh, of the top countries is affected by this now. And, and yeah, Slovakia, I mean, you know, you, you talk about Canada missing, you know, Bedard and, and Fantilli. You know, that's the first pick and the third pick. Slovakia was missing a first pick and a second pick in, on their team. Like, it, it's just, it, it's wild that, you know, they're missing. Because Canada has, and Sweden and the US, even Finland to a certain extent, they have the depth, right? Like a, t- a country like Slovakia, you take their their two best players out, and and you know they were still fighting for that. It's just a testament of of how good that 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 country's program has become uh, at at the junior level. Because you know 
any country would be hard pressed to, to compete without their two best players, and and Slovakia pushed Finland uh, to the very edge, um, and almost almost made it to the semifinals. Indeed, and and just to to say that, like, and and the Slovak program is is going well. I think the adaption to to letting players play earlier in the pros are, are giving results. They're obviously looking to Finland and Sweden, what has succeeded there, and trying to put their own spin on it. Uh, be interesting to follow if this just is a golden generation really or if they can keep it this at this level because it's a great level and for for a country with 5.5 million people half of sweden uh, you know a little bit more than finland or or at least in the same range as finland uh, less than quebec (laughs) it's 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 one hell of, of a of a turnaround and getting to the quarterfinals almost getting there to the semifinals fantastic tournament as i said i was very impressed with mishar one thing when i saw him live though was the fact that he was dropping down part of the bigger ice but also you look at it and it was dropping down to get that center ice but quite far away from from the goal i'm not sure i'm not watching enough of of junior hockey in in canada uh, so i can't say if he does it the same way there but that is something i I, I don't think will work very well in uh, at an NHL setting. And that shows that he has some way to go before he can even consider the NHL a jump up to the AHL next year will probably benefit him a lot. And, and yeah. it will be an adjustment period there as well. Yeah, no, it, exactly. It'll, it'll definitely be, um, you know, he, even he admits it, right? Like he, I remember last year speaking to him after the, uh, right before he got sent down to junior last year, not even this year, last year. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, two, three years away from, from making an impact in the AHL, <laughs> never mind NHL. So I think that he, he knows. Um, and, and I think, yeah, the transition will help him next year. You know, having a full year in the AHL will help him. Uh, I think this year in junior is going to help him as well. And and it's it's hard for a player because, I mean, he's learning all these new habits <laughs> in the small ice. And it's like, here, for a week, go, go going back on the big ice. Uh, and I'm sure it's a, it's a hard adjustment. It's a hard adjustment for anybody, but especially young players when, you know, it, it's so much is, is learning on the fly. But, on the other uh, hand, he has played, what, 17 years on a big size ring. Right, so. that, that's what I mean, but he's so used to it on the small ice that it's like, all right, I have to do all this differently now. I, I think the, the, the what, what, what I saw most, because I was looking for for advantages with the big ice, you saw it with USA Speed, but two goals against Sweden was really carbon copies of each other, more or less. Uh, one on the power play, one uh, USA goal. I forgot if it was a third or a fourth goal in the final. You could have two players behind the net and and pass it there, and there you by you got that extra time so you can turn the the defenders has to turn to check where they are and not coming in in front of the goal, which leaves a, a counting error in a way because someone forgets to check their own shoulders because everyone is more or less turned around and a defender or the third attacker can come in there, and I think that was as I said two goals from on Sweden was scored that way, and I think it's. That was really where I saw the big ice, and along with the fact that the counterattacks from the USA were were super important, and that's how they won the game uh, in the final and and a lot of the other games as well. But getting that extra ice to be able to play that way was was you saw it there really. Yeah, and I think that that's something that that Adam Nicholas 
works on these with these players because it's something that I've noticed a lot of players in the Canadians organization have been doing. Uh, you see them kind of like leaving the zone and, and coming back in, and I, I think that that's part of the the, the skill development that that they're working on as well. So it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. The one player that didn't play a lot was Jacob Fowler. When he did play, though, he was solid, strong, exactly what we we expected. At some points, though, and I think it was the semifinal where Trey Agustin left uh, quite a few rebounds, and and they were pretty wild. You sort of expected Fowler to come in. But they kept Augustine in. Yeah, he made some big saves and and got into the final. And of course, he he got the chance to to, to play in the final as well. Yeah, Fowler, I think you know played a little, maybe a little bit more than than we expected because Augustine was sick uh, for the Czechia game, so Fowler got a, a second start. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell that he's inexperienced, but you can tell that there's a solid uh, a solid player that he played it in the pre tournament as well against Canada. Um, uh, half the so, game yeah, in Sweden. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, and and it's also, you know, we mentioned you know big ice, small ice, but for goalies, I I think it's almost, uh, it's also an adjustment, right? Because your your reference points are are a little bit different as well. Yeah, and when you're not when you're not playing very often, uh, it, it it can, uh, it can affect you. And I think that hurt him a little bit with his rebounds and positioning. You saw a couple of mistakes, mm-hmm. um, by him, but yeah, I mean, he's having a great season at Boston College, and and I think that he'll continue to to do well. Um, unfortunately, he just happens to be behind Augustine, who's likely going to be back next year as well. So it, it's it's a tough place to to be uh, as the backup. But uh, when he, when he did play, he he performed uh, as well as he as he could have. I think Hardy uh, had him as one of the players of the month for December, and he has heard some very good things about Fowler. Maybe even being the best goalie at the moment. Uh, really, really. Uh, spoke with him just before the tournament started. I, I really appreciate it. He said the angles were different, references points were different. He was going to use a lot of... Uh, I thought he would be on the ice adjusting, but he said he would do a lot of his work via video and, and see it that way. Uh, really, really impressive. A uh, lot of work. The only disappointment, and it was not much of a disappointment from the player as much as from Canada in itself. It's tough because... You know, Owen Beck was somebody who was, it's it's a hard place to be as that number four center, right? Because your role isn't to put up points in games against Latvia and, and Germany and, and things like that. Your role is to shut down, you know, teams against Sweden and against Finland and against the U.S., the Maybe problem is that they, would have been better. Well, they didn't have very many <laughs> games like that, exactly. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, the, there are a lot of issues with the Canadian team. Um, but I, I think Owen Beck did as well as he could have, uh, you know, you would have maybe liked to see a little bit more scoring, but I thought, you know, he was, he was getting chances. That fourth line at times was their best line. So I, I, I'm not too disappointed in, in his production. I'm not too disappointed in his tournament. Uh, just, he didn't really get a chance to shine because they didn't really get a chance to, to play those big games when you rely on your, on your defensive players. And, uh, and, and I don't think that was the issue for Canada. I, I think their issue was, you know, the defense wasn't very good. The the, uh, the, the scoring wasn't there. The coaching like wasn't. It. Yeah, it, it was It was just uh, they, they didn't bring their best team. And it has nothing to do with Bedard and Fantilli. There's a lot of players who probably could have helped this team more than the players they brought. And that's nothing, taking nothing away from the players. Uh, it, it's just, you know, the, the reality to, of to, hockey to, Canada. To, <laughs> to be honest, I expected... Uh, 
back to be higher up in the lineup and mm -hmm. and and at least when they see that he was one of the guys actually working on the bigger ice and and <laughs> working in the tournament and and getting things done uh that you move him up but that didn't happen either and and that surprised me a little bit and and I'm not going to put that on on you know uh I put that on the coaches it's not something he affected right. whatever he could to to move his place from 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 where we started and and end up somewhere different uh I understand it was tough I mean obviously you 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 have players but at some point you need to move them it's a short tournament you need to figure out who's hungry who who works better at this set who works better in under these circumstances etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah absolutely and and i think that part of the reason that he wasn't moved up is because his line was the one that was working so you don't want to you don't want to really mess up that that line and and that time and and things like that and and i think that's something that's a trap that canada gets in not only at the world juniors but on on the women's side as well um they have players who who play in, in you know Jamie Lee Rattray is a good example of that she was the 13 forward and she would play sometimes more than other players but they would never keep her on a regular line she'd always be the 13 forward um because that's the role that she played so well and you know she played like eight minutes a game and score a goal uh but then the next game she'd still be the 13 forward <laughs> and I think that that's something that that they did here I mean Beck averaged you know 14 and a half minutes a game I mean he was playing more than uh, a lot of the forwards uh on on the team and it's just, you know, the, I think the reality was they liked that group together, especially back in Danielson and, and the third person on that line kind of switched. Uh, they had Cohen there a little bit. They had um, Allard there. So, uh, but, but I mean, he was playing uh, a lot of minutes. He was playing a big role, even though he was listed as the fourth line player. And even though he only had one point in the tournament, um, I don't think it was uh, an issue with, with the way he was the, the way he was playing I, I think it's just the way he was deployed uh and and I think that's what you have to read into like you know in a couple of years people will forget the contacts and be like oh he only had one goal in the world juniors that's disappointing but but I think you have to look at the big picture and I don't think you can say that the tournament was was disappointing in context uh from no no uh of course not and as I said I put it put it firmly on the shoulders of, of, of the Canadian oh absolutely no, no I, I'm not saying you were I'm saying <laughs> you know I'm saying people down the road yeah. are gonna be like oh he only had one yeah. goal that's a bad tournament uh but but uh you know you have to look at the context and I, and I think that that's what we you know both of us are are, are doing here yeah. and, and that's what you know we should be doing one other player that that we might have to look at from, from a context point of view is Lane Hudson <laughs> um, I was maybe thinking he would play. Oh, you see the highlights, obviously from 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 NCAA, and uh, I was thinking he would be more of a maybe Sunday Pelika kind of player uh, that really ran the defense. But it, it it was clear almost from you know the first game in against Sweden in Engelholm, uh, where Adam Engstrom was watching Lane Hudson as well, that he was asked he he was almost always the last guy on defense he was used in a defensive role and much like Cole Caulfield did in in one year at the world juniors he yeah. took it and he ran with it and he yeah, did what was expected from from <laughs> from his coaches and he did it to 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 a certain uh, strength uh, i think the only bad game he had personally was against slovakia uh, yeah. and and but otherwise he played that role and i think they relied on his skill and his skating to be able to cover that bigger area that would uh, be available for counterattacks 
when they pushed. And, and that's why you didn't see those highlight reel goals or highlight reel assists that we sort of expected. Uh, he was the most used player on, on Team USA. Definitely something that should be brought up. He had a lot of assists, uh, mainly against smaller countries. But, but in the end, he took the job that he was given and he did it to his best of his abilities. I can't really fault him for anything, except maybe for the Slovakia game. That didn't really matter much anyway. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, in the games where USA scored the most goals, it was like Hudson had like a point or two. <laughs> like it just and you know you look at his totals in the tournament, six assists in seven games. It looks good. That that's a good tournament. But I think the expectations for Lane Hudson were so high that even though he had six assists in seven games, even though he played. 24 minutes a game, which is like three minutes more than any of his U.S. teammates, including his defense partner. Uh, even though he made the tournament all-star team at the end of the tournament, I, I think a lot of people were like, still wanted more. <laughs> and Yeah, but I, I think it, it, we, we all thought about the bigger eyes would suit him. Yeah. It would create more of, of opportunities yeah, for him. Absolutely. We thought that, you know, USA would, would maybe, he would be the hub in yeah. in. in, in the power play on on other uh, certain aspects of the games, but and and USA doesn't really play that kind of Sweden circle kind of play in offensive zone, so so Lane doesn't get that chance. And when they were going for that counter attack hockey very effectively, they were more that they needed to rely on Lane for other things. I was yeah. very impressed with his uh, box plays. Uh, yeah. In in regards to that, something I haven't really expected. But also, you were looking at other players, defenders in the tournament that, that are similar kind of players, but picked much higher because mainly of their size, Sandin <laughs> uh, Pelika. And Lane didn't stand out like Sandin yeah. Pelika did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's almost a testament to how good he is. That his tournament was still a disappointment, even though he yeah. was he was one of the best tournament players in the tournament. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I think that you, you know, I, I think that from a NHL perspective, I think that this tournament was even more impressive than it would have been if he was just skating around getting assists. You know, get you know, playing twenty four minutes. You mentioned the penalty killing. It, you know, if he can be trusted to be a defensive player. As 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 skilled as he is offensively as well, I mean that's what that's what the questions are about his NHL future, right? So, from from a certain perspective, the fact that he was leaned on so heavily by the U.S. coaching staff in this tournament is kind of a testament to what he can do. And you mentioned Caulfield; that's a really good a really good comparison because Caulfield also a guy who is smaller, a guy who we knew can score goals, but when we start to see all parts of his game like we saw in the World Juniors when he was playing more of in a shutdown role, it was like, oh, oh, this is, a, this is an all-around player now. And, and I think that with Hudson, that's what we're starting to see as well. And, and I think that that's, that's almost more impressive from an NHL future point of view because that's something that will translate. You know, him skating around on the big ice, you know, and, and making people look foolish might isn't really translatable to the NHL or to a smaller ice surface. Um, and what he did in this tournament was was very impressive, including playing on the penalty kill, like you mentioned, which is something that I don't think a lot of people would expect uh, from a guy his size and, and his, his reputation. Indeed. Uh, looking at the tournament as a whole, Jared, is there any conclusion that you would want to lift out of this? 
it was a great tournament. Like, More like tournaments in Europe. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a great it was a great tournament. People are saying that there's too many teams or that the tournament doesn't matter if it's Russia. I mean, look at Germany, right? Germany had two of the most memorable wins of the entire tournament. Their win against Finland and their relegation win in overtime against Norway. And they didn't even make the quarterfinal. <laughs> and they had two of the, the most memorable wins in the entire tournament. Um, yeah, this tournament is is so much fun. Um, and, and I think that it was a it was a great tournament. Even though a lot of things happened exactly like we thought they would, the US winning gold, Sweden winning silver. Well, we didn't have Czechia on third, though. So, well, that, that, that's that's what I mean. Like, the, the, the you know, if I told you before the tournament it'd be U.S. Sweden in the gold medal game, you're like, oh, it's probably a boring tournament. Um, but but it was not a boring tournament at all. You know, you mentioned Czechia. Um, you know th that that game against Finland in the bronze medal game was one of the craziest fifty seconds I've ever seen in hockey. Um, but yeah, I, sp uh... <laughs> I spoke with my Czech friend who works in hockey, and he was like. I should not work in hockey because I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was insane, um, and, and yeah, so I mean, I I think that they you know you look for moments in tournaments like that, and and there was a lot of good moments in this, uh, in this tournament. You know, Latvia beating Germany, um, which was very unexpected and and, and a great thing for the Latvian program, um, and, and yeah, just I, I think it was a great tournament. Uh, I really do, uh, and, and I think that that's um. You know, that's that's what we watch the world juniors. I think uh, you know, we mentioned programs. One two programs that we might not have lifted that way is is the the Norway program, even if they got sent down, playing more of a physical kind of hockey, and that probably would cost them uh in, in many ways. Uh, too many Sinbin calls. But on the other hand, you know, they are on the rise. Uh, speaking about Norway. One of Sweden's best players in my way was was uh, Unger Sörum, who is obviously born in Norway. Um, and obviously then I looked, where was he drafted? Carolina. Yeah, we know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, then I think, you know, uh, we don't speak, we speak a little bit maybe too much about the Slovak program, but the Czech program, you know, they're yeah. up there all the time. Uh, same kind For of situation. Uh they also have come from a, you know, haven't been that strong for a bit. Now they're coming up again. Very interesting program to follow. Uh, I got to say um, a little bit. I thought that <laughs> this is scary. I've been to playoff hockey in, in Engelholm and I've been to playoff hockey in Beckhoe, and which is probably the most boring one. Uh, but also I've been to playoff hockey in Frölunda. I Scandinavian was good. Great, even when Sweden were playing, but I've seen it better. So you know, uh, that that's always something to consider as well. I'm also not sure about how many can manage to take the step into uh, the NHL. I look at this and and I'm thinking, you know, there's a little bit of the NCAA here. It might be their last game together for the foreseeable future, because some will make the NHL, but a lot of them will be, you know. Players in AHL, players in SHL Liga, mm -hmm. Extra Liga, and and whatnot. Uh, National League hockey from probably in in Switzerland. That's fine, you know. They're going to get good hockey careers, but we can't rely on all of them becoming NHL stars or NHL players. 
No, I I used to make that mistake back in the the late nineties when I was a when I was a teenager, and I'd be like, oh, everyone on the team is gonna be an NHL superstar. Um, and sure, you had like your Spetsas and your Bowmeisters, but you also had your, uh, um, you know, Sean Bell's and and guys who you 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 know really never heard of again. And, and yeah, I think that that's, you know, that's why this tournament means so much to some players because for some of them, they'll have Stanley Cup aspirations. They'll have. Uh, Everyone Olympics, has Stanley Cup have... aspirations. Well, uh, at that I mean, age, but, but I mean, <laughs> re realistic Stanley Cup aspirations. Yeah. You know, like they'll have bigger games in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, some of them, this is as big as it gets, and and they they won't have bigger games than this. They won't have the Olympics. You know, they might have a men's world championship, uh, but but this is uh, this is a special tournament, and and you see what it means, uh, to to the players and. You you mentioned Czechia. This is the first time that they've medaled in back to back tournaments since two thousand two thousand one. Um, so I mean, yeah, they're definitely a, a program on the rise, and um, you know, they a little bit unexpected because they haven't really been a factor uh, on on the men's side for a long time, uh, and and they've started to to build back up, and it starts with the World Juniors, and you know, eventually gets to the men's World Championships, and eventually, you know, hopefully to the Olympics, and and it's going to be very interesting to see, but yeah, it's, it's, I feel bad for Norway. I mean, they had one of the closest games against the U S as anybody um, in, in, in a four, one opening game. Uh, you know, like you look at their game and then look at the Slovakia game and you're like, which team, which team got relegated here? The one that lost 10, one or the one that lost four, uh, one. And, and it's just, uh, it's funny to see, but yeah, I mean, th this is a tournament there. It, it was kind of a shame that anybody had to get relegated because it shows how close, you know, Norway and Germany are to like the Latvias and uh, and the teams right ahead of them, the Switzerlands and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's, it's um, hockey's has a bright future, um, and it's it's always fun to, to see how it goes. As we say here in Sweden, the puck is round, but it's also flat. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back shortly with other episodes. Thank you, Jared, for joining us, and have a nice weekend. Brought to you by Bet Online. 